All right, listeners, it's that time of the year again, and we've got some exciting news to share with you. The Deeply Graphic Design team will be partnering once again with Adobe Max, the Creative Conference, November 4th through the 6th in Los Angeles, California. Designers from all over the world come to Max to learn from their design heroes, to hear the latest industry trends, and to get inspired to create their best work. Not only will we be there for live interviews and episodes, but the Adobe Max folks have given us a special discount for all the DGDC listeners. Use the promo code P19DGDC. That's P19DGDC to receive your discounted rate. Stay tuned for more information on future episodes, and we can't wait to see you at Adobe Max. You're listening to the Deeply Graphic Design Cast, the show about all things design, from the creative side to the business side and all points in between. Follow the show on Twitter at Wes McDowell. Want the gang to answer your question on an upcoming episode? Send in your listener question to questions at thedeependdesign.com or via Twitter using hashtag DGDC. Here are your hosts. Wes McDowell in Chicago. Nikhil Morrison in Seattle. Nick Longo in Los Angeles. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, thank you for listening. And if it's your first time, welcome to the show. And uh, we, we do love getting those uh, you know, the five-star reviews on iTunes, if you would be able to do that. And uh, don't forget to subscribe because we have t- so many episodes in the background. So yeah. uh, go ahead and, and follow us at for... Deeply Graphic at Instagram. Exactly. Let's get... Yeah, we love that. I think nice. I think all of us have been slowly chiming in a little bit more and more on uh, Instagram. We've been getting some good stuff there. Thanks for uh, thanks for uh, all the comments, guys. It's been cool. Yeah, love to see it. Very cool. So, what are you guys up to? Anything good? I know you're computer shopping, Nick. That's never. Yeah, fun. I've been starting to think about it. We'll see. The old laptop is kind of starting to show its age. I thought my iMac was going to go so much further, but this damn <laughs> thing just will not give up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no problem. No, it's the like worst. I mean, years. it's funny yeah. as for how long we've been doing this. And when you've got a setback with your machine, you, you are reminded of how solely you depend on the everyday use every, I mean, it's crazy. And I think about that episode that we did when we were back in, in Salt Lake, remember we had that guy chime in that was um, Apple certified and he just yeah. talked about the technicalities of do's and don'ts. And mm-hmm. I oftentimes think about that episode because uh, a lot of what he was pre- preaching, I am not abiding to. I need to get back into like tr- shutting down my machine. You know, yeah. when you've got everything set up, you just don't want to do it. You just, yeah. I'm making oh, it I a habit. I even said that. I, I've never, I haven't shut my computer down once since that episode, probably. So. Wow, really? <laughs> oh my god! I, I don't know what's I mean, been it why effective. it's working so good, but it's yeah. I tried to keep up with a lot of those little things he was saying to do, cleaning the cachets yeah. and like running yeah, yeah, this, yeah. the the cleaning stuff and whatever. Um, and right. the other thing, you just like, pronounce I, it cachet. Cachet, that? isn't that Very it? France. I think it's cash. Is but... it? I thought it was cachet. No, cash. well, you give it cachet when you talk. I like thank that, you. Right? So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like the gift, gift, give, uh, gift or gig or whatever it is. <laughs> oh, gift yeah. versus yeah, gif. GIF. Some people yeah, say yeah. GIF. GIF. I know because it stands for graphic. Yeah. I was trying to remember the because I always remember the. It's like the peanut butter too, like the, the GIF. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not GIF. It stands for it's graphic. Not. So you got to be GIF. Gr- 
GIF. There we go. Yeah, I say GIF. Yeah. Well, at least one thing came out of this episode. <laughs> and anyone who pronounces it GIF, we cannot be friends. That's just how exactly. It works. Oh, <laughs> slam. But you know How's everything who going is, for you guys? Oh. You know who is our friends? What's that? Skillshare. Yeah. We love oh, Skillshare. Segways back. They <laughs> keep us learning and thriving with our business every single day. I know I use them all the time. They've got so many classes. Uh, Skillshare is basically just an online learning community with thousands of classes for you guys that are listening, creators, entrepreneurs, designers. And you can take classes in so many different aspects of design from just illustration, graphic design, photography even, UI, UX design, along with all the business topics that we need because yep. we are not – a lot of us – are not just designers, we're also running our own creative business. And one of the things that designers kind of tend to lax on is, you know, all those business skills that you need. So exactly. Skillshare is kind of like an all-in-one all shop for uh, a business education as well. So whether you're picking up a new skill for your day job or figuring out your next side project or just really trying to hone in on your skills for your own business, Skillshare has classes for you. So um, just a quick little search here under the design tab. We've got the beginner's guide to animating custom GIFs. And <laughs> notice that. <laughs> See, we're using it already. Uh, dynamic brand identity, designing logos that evolve. And then there's the whole entrepreneurship and business category as well, where it says uh, the staples of branding from purpose to product. So there's so many things they've got. They basically got all the bases covered. So join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare today with a special offer just for our listeners, which is two months of Skillshare for free. Think of what you could learn in two months. That's right. Skillshare is offering our listeners two months of unlimited access to thousands of classes for free. So to sign up, go to Skillshare.com slash deepend. Again, go to Skillshare.com slash deepend to start your two months now. That's Skillshare.com slash deepend. All right. So... This I'm kind of really into this topic for this episode, actually, because, you know, whatever you want to call them, you want to call them intro calls, consult calls, discovery mm -hmm. calls, mm -hmm. some people mm -hmm. call them. Um, I think so many of us, we get into these calls. It's our first time actually speaking with a prospective client. And yet, yeah, I feel like a lot of us, I, I've gotten better at it over the past few years. But before then, I was really bad at this. And I, I think that probably a lot of listeners are wondering what they might be doing wrong or how they could mm -hmm. improve things to close more of these deals once they're on the phone yeah. with people. There's a lot that can go wrong, right? Mm -hmm. I know, and I think you're right. You you get better with each one, but what we're going to talk about today, I think, are those key things that help you get better and put you more in control with it. You know, and, and yeah. your t the top, the timing on this is perfect too because. I think there's been about three of them this just this week alone for me. And I was even realizing like those little pitfalls that you can fall into so quickly if you don't know the proper way to handle it and, yeah. and stay on top of the client and not let anything kind of get off the rails. Yeah. So basically, in other words, we're going to be troubleshooting these introductory consult calls today, um, you know, giving you all the, our best tips for how to keep control of the conversation and, uh, you know, leave them wanting to actually hire you in the end. So let's, uh, let's get on to the first tip. Yeah. What, what do we got, Nick? Yeah. So 
I think by far the first thing to do before you even get on that call is this kind of idea of being aware that you want to be in control of this conversation, right? There's, there's so yeah. much you're going to talk about in that first initial thing, but it's also the first impression thing too. So the more you can stick to some of these guidelines, I think you'll see that not only are you in more control of it, but it's just navigates through this process a little bit better. All in all, you're just going to come off more of the expert, more of a partner than just like hired hand, right? So mm -hmm. first thing to do, intro calls, obviously, they can get away from you when you let the client really become the interviewer and you are just sitting there yeah. asking questions. I, I think the first thing to do is flip that topic, right? And they'll naturally look for responses to be critical of you and your answers. So instead of that, take control by just making sure you're the first question answer. You know, it's like, I, I love to kind of start that conversation. I, I think I have a natural tendency, I don't know about you guys, is sometimes to go like, well, where do you want to start? <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. and, sure. and you're like, and yes, that's a question, but it'll bless you. But it Thank allows you. But them, it holds them responsible for taking rain. Yeah, yeah. And I think, yeah. the, and it's just like with anything else, when the, whoever plays, call it the, the more, uh, the, on this interviewer side, and you show that, you're going to play that role hopefully now throughout the entire conversation, right? Right. And what I like to do is actually like when I start the call, I like to kind of start it by taking the reins right away and say, so the purpose of this call is right. to, right. you know, yep. so you're basically laying out that you're in the you driver's running seat. the conversation. Yeah. yeah. Rather right than from saying, the beginning. Yeah. Rather than it feeling like a job interview where mm -hmm. they're, they're sitting in the position of power and you're just kind of almost begging for the job, right? Yeah, I like to even think that they're probably waiting for you to do it anyways. But sometimes yeah. you might have a personality right. that's a little more alpha or a little more like, you know, gonna tries to run it. So the quicker you can, like right after the little small talk, <laughs> get in there and be like, all right, let's, let's go through a list. I prepared some stuff. Uh, I have some ideas of where we can go here. But some of the stuff you can do prior to the call, I think this is super important is obviously be prepared, look, have some knowledge of who this, this person is or the company is, right? It's not this huge deep dive, but it's just enough to know, like, I know what you do. I've seen your projects or your products. I know what your offerings are, right? You probably had some communication via email before this. So do a little prep, but have some, have a, a bit of script or some questions ready to go. I think it's smarter to have that on screen or on a, on a document. So I know I'm not kind of scrounging around for something to look for, you know, right. I mm -hmm. kind of have some lead ready to go, especially some other questions. Um, and then start the tone with you as the lead. Like, I think it just, it's just like when someone calls a meeting at a place you work at, everyone sits there, no one's going to automatically stand up and start talking. It's the person who put the, the call together or the meeting together. So be that person. You don't, you agree? Mm -hmm. It's like, it's just a way to kind of put the roles in order at the very beginning. So a good way to start is to just ask this question. Why don't you tell me a little bit more about your project and what you're hoping I can do for you? And what that really does is you get this overview of the project, the product project, and then you, you hear what maybe they think they're coming to you for. And it allows you to start taking notes I always like to say, listen now after you've asked that question, you know, mm -hmm. let them do some talking because it's about listening first. But 
I take these notes. I kind of start building a little bit of a laundry list of the things that I think that could possibly be on this scope of service that we're talking about. So hearing what they're saying, maybe even with a highlighter or underline, highlight like keywords and objectives. Like sometimes too, when they, when they say something very specific about what they're looking for, if it's some keyword, you know, I want an energetic design or something, whatever. I like to highlight those because those are mm-hmm. key things I can always go back to. Yeah, that's right. Smart. Beforehand. And then start considering the phases. Like the last few times I've been on these calls, one of the things I've noticed, and maybe you guys can kind of, uh, you know, um, explain a little bit more about, on some examples of you, but I start thinking about how these can possibly be pocketed into phases because a lot of times with my branding or a restaurant or something I'm doing, we do it in phases. So like I can start thinking about what I'm going to put together maybe in that first phase. So that way I'm calculating a good response when they, after they've kind of answered that question. Has that, have you guys ever done anything like that where it's almost like you're hearing, you're almost seeing it come together by their first initial talk? Sure. Yeah, to, you know? to some degree. I mean, I tend to not um, try to put together too many solutions in this first meeting. For uh-huh. me, this meeting is it's kind of the, the biggest thing is actually now do it, is this project something that I can be successful with? Is it something oh, I know sure. how to do? Yeah. Or and, and also, is this a person I want to actually work with? Um, oh, yeah. Be, so you're you know, feeling them out a little. Yes. I you know. I think I took yeah. for granted that I'm already there at a call like this, but you're so right, dude. Like that happens now more than ever. I think you you might even know in the first few seconds there, this is not for you or yeah. we're not a good well, fit. And you say you already know at this point. For me, this is generally the first time I'm actually speaking with them. All that yeah. happens before this usually is they fill out. Okay, so that's, uh, that's good clarification. So should we clarify that for yeah. the listeners? This assumes that you have not been, and this is the first time, this is your first. Um, yeah, this isn't the kickoff call meeting. after they've signed. No, exactly. This is literally yeah. your yeah. first, like, yeah. yep. they're interviewing totally. you, you're interviewing them, basically. Yeah, yeah. but I've, yeah. I usually have had some exchange via email, or, or even maybe the phone. Sometimes it's just a. It's I get a cold call, which could be from one of the, one of these potential new uh, clients like this. But I have some idea of kind of what it is. But I know what you're saying too. You you are actually searching for what particular what can I help you with? And and you're right. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying this is a slam dunk from this point on, and every one of these is going to be a, a a green light. But I think you're right in saying, yeah, I am thinking of that in the back of my mind, like if there are any red flags that this is not in my wheelhouse or it's not a right fit personality wise. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely got my, my, my monitor on for that, you know? Yeah. yeah. Particularly the personality so. thing. Cause the, the past few clients I've talked about where, um, I got red flags come up and I kind of ignored mm-hmm. them. Yeah. These were things that came up, like just personality quirks that came up in these, in these kinds of meetings that yeah. I noticed and then chose to ignore. So we've all been here. We've all had that person who's just a little kind of, mm-hmm. kind of curt and just kind of almost rude on the phone. Like, oh gosh, yeah, yeah. Not in a, some, but sometimes it's not even like in a really, um, you know, outward way of being rude. But they just like they'll say a little something that makes you think, oh, mm-hmm. this may come back. Yeah. At some yeah. point, and right? I, and I find it interesting too. I can almost tell that in the, even the first email, you get these things that it's like, I need your services. Are you available? 
and you're like, wait a minute, <laughs> you're, you're, that person's not even getting a call back. Like, you know what I mean? Right. It's like, but then there's those ones that maybe let's say they've written a really great first email and it has a few things in there that's quite explanatory or whatever. Yeah. You're, so I feel a little bit more like, Ooh, this could be a good one. Let me, I really can't wait for this call. Cause I want right. to hear more. Right. So you're, mm-hmm. you're, I, I still hope I have the optimism that it's going to go great, but, but going back to what we were saying earlier, yeah, there are those things that could come up in this that I'm going to possibly go, eh, probably a pass, you know? Yeah. It happens. For sure. It's a good way to assess this out, out of the gates. Yeah. And I think too, like sometimes you might get a, a when you ask them that question, the, the answer might be so all over the place and so unfocused mm-hmm. that that's a sign too that you're like, well, are they even ready for I know. I know. a designer to come on board? Right. You know, or right. I, I, I'm not a project manager here. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I, and I've, I think we've all in the first few years, I've taken those on and then you become more of a project manager than manager than the designer at that time. You know, yeah. <laughs> well, I've no, had these very, calls before where it's like, I've had these calls before where it's like a startup where they, then at some point the conversation turns to like, well, what should, what do you think we should sell? I'm like, oh yeah, I oh my god, can't tell you <laughs> no. that. Like, it's like I just want to have a business. Oh what god. do you think a business should be? That is oh hilarious. man, yeah. oh, that's yeah. for you to figure out. I don't know. Yeah, oh, boy. let me get let me get my uh, my uh, crystal ball out and my tarot oh, cards. Boy. <laughs> yeah, and we'll figure this out. <laughs> but um, it's it's just important to get that first question out there. And again, you've you've now started the conversation you are kind of in command of it in a way and by staying in command i think you're the one that's not only asking questions but you get to extract some information that maybe you need so if you hear something that's a little vague or not to uh explain you can ask obviously can we talk a little bit more about that let me hear more about your offering or what what's that unique selling feature that you're talking about so this lets you offer services that are best suited for them because you've asked that question and you can hear their goals. You can almost even start talking about budget if you need to. That might be later in the conversation or another conversation, but it's making you more of a perspective consultant than just someone that would possibly be, you know, again, like a vendor or a freelancer or something that doesn't have the, the, the added value that we all are stressing to have, you know, in our situation. So yep. by doing this, make sure you're listening, you're kind of starting to understand what you can do to best suit them and ask those questions that you jotted down maybe at the first, the first question. Get a little deeper in there. I start building ideas in my head automatically of how I can exactly like, is this something I can do? Is this something I can yeah. kind of put together and is it in my wheelhouse? Will I feel confident, you know, in doing yeah. it? But also too, like, Put yourself in their position. You, if you're hiring a, a potential vendor or someone in a service providing kind of space, you want that person to have the confidence, be running the thing, sound the, like they've done it before. Because in most cases, they just haven't. So, like, I love, I really love to give them that that insurance that like you found the right person just from this conversation. If that makes sense, yeah. you know what I mean? No, completely. And that's that is what they're looking for. By the way, like mm-hmm. they're looking for someone. Because like, for instance, today, earlier today, I had, I paid for a consult call with someone who was going to help my YouTube channel. Like just, yeah, it was just a, a, I wanted to pay for an hour for someone to kind of go in and look and see what I I could do to improve. There's nothing that would have been worse than if that person was just like, so what yep. could I help you with? Like, like <laughs> no, I want you to you know tell what? me this what to do. This is such a good exercise is to um, practice being on the other end. 
oh, and or envision it all together. Because yeah. Wes, you're saying you put that into practice, and and that is just affirms the the areas that you don't want to miss, or you don't want to take take action with, or you don't want to execute, or that you absolutely do. I think that's mm-hmm. really important to play the other yeah. end. It's like, and you uh, probably knew from hiring that before saying yes to that person, they gave you some clue that they were going to actually be a benefit to you and your channel. Like, you know, right. obviously there's always risk, but you want to feel as best as possible. So I love to just yeah. consider that whole side of it. Like, did I give them, it's not the sales pitch. It's not the, it's not the, the sleazy salesman of your business. It's, it's more just, do you, are you knowledgeable about what you're going to do? Do you yeah. sound confident? And are you listening? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And are you going to, and like, the you know i got this factor right like right. yeah think about yeah. It. i got like you. little kids yeah. little kids want to know that mommy and daddy have it like together right they want to know like <laughs> yeah <laughs> we've got you like we will not let anything happen to you the second the mom and dad are like they're, they're acting scared about something that's when the yeah, kids freak that's a out. good analogy for you sure know? Mm-hmm. so it's like almost the same thing they want to know that you've got the situation handled yeah yeah and that's just i think it's all about then it goes back to just even the title of that section. And this is just being in control of the conversation, making sure you're the one navigating it and taking it, taking them through, you know, it always, it always helps to take notes while this is kind of happening. Because I think again, too, it allows you to kind of go back to something that maybe uh, you over, you, you, you didn't kind of get clarity on, or if it does go good, like it's just great knowledge and notes to look back on when you, let's say technically take this on and you've got really good insight and stuff to start you learning from that initial question. It was all about what can I do for you? Mm-hmm. You know? And, and I think it works out great. I, and I've seen it getting better and better and better with each time you have the call. Um, it leads to obviously the next steps we're going to talk about, but much more cle- like much more simpler and like you're more defined when all of this is done at the very beginning. I think it's kind of like in any stage of discovery, this is probably the best kind of like advice to say just be in control ask the questions lead it and then that way i think i i almost feel too it almost starts the whole the whole relationship that way you become more of that service provider with the expertise and then they trust you yeah, I, that's what i've said set, setting the yeah. precedent right <clears throat> up front. yeah yeah so that's that's kind of the first little area there that we wanted to kind of talk about yeah cool yeah that's good that's good stuff that's good control mm-hmm. addre- addressing all right, so the next area is all about price setting, which basically can really anchor your success altogether. So, um, you want to make sure that you don't just you don't just reveal a price point. Yeah, you need to. There's so much that needs to be identified prior to that. So, this is a chance for you to ask about overall goals. And so I'm going to be careful with just mentioning sometimes when I overview this part because, um, you know, there's always the case-by-case basis stuff that factors in. But oftentimes what we will do is we'll send out um, what could be considered a form to fill out that just takes high-level gen- general understanding for overall scope and goal set settings that the potential client has. Yeah. That way you can jot down all areas to really hone in on specifics when you're talking with them directly. So I I know I really like to practice that. That way I get the full um, f- full idea um, and all the sub portions um, 
out out in the open to really understand and get them to get them to answer some of which they haven't even considered of course yeah. so it helps them kind of pinpoint oh shit i never considered that now that we're discussing it i here's what and it gives them a chance to kind of think out loud and to to bang out the areas that they hadn't recognized prior to the meeting um yeah so yeah, that's really important to make sure that they get specific because price point is all about specificity. I mean, you can't you can't hone in on overall pricing until until um, you gauge all these different areas that they're attributing mm-hmm. to. So that way, it gets you to accurately assess what you what you, service you're providing each and every each and every part, and then yeah. you don't just. It, then and only then. I mean, I oftentimes give it a day or two. Um, I treat it like a project. You know what I mean? So if you're working on something um, conceptual and you're in, you know, schematic phase of a project, I always like to look at it the next morning with fresh eyes. Well, sometimes I'll do the same with estimate. um, Yeah. Estimates. Definitely. And contractual terms. Um, I won't just hurry through it and get them over to them. Um, I'll revisit, um, areas that maybe the day prior I hadn't thought to include. And oftentimes, yeah, oftentimes the stuff can be templatized, but even still there will be those, um, exceptions to that template that you can, that you can add. Mm -hmm. Um, so I really like to practice that. And then that really anchors in, you know, that way they're not saying to themselves, wait, where did this come from? Because you had already discussed it. It's based on the discussion that you've already had that was very specific. So um, again, this is I I often oftentimes treat this like a, pro- a presentation, a project that I am delivering, and they're having their eyes on for the very first time. I don't send them um, pricing. Oftentimes, I ask them to get on on a phone, do a screen share. Um, right. And, and only when I have them on the phone, send them a PDF so that you can discuss areas um, point by point. So they don't just look at the total and get turned off mm-hmm. so that they yeah. can see yeah. every itemized area and an explanation directly from you verbally behind it. Yeah. And you feel, don't you feel more confident? Cause like it, it does like it, you have the confidence of knowing I didn't squeeze anything in here. I'm not trying to like add more. Right. It's exactly what we talked about. It's exactly what we talked about. And then, you know what? Let's be honest. Doesn't it typically, what typically happens here is that they're like, well, you know, they'll start to prioritize. I don't know that I need this piece. What if we remove that? (laughs) Oh God. I love that. They're like, can we just remove the whole discovery part? I'm like, no. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Yeah. yeah, And then, and then it gives you a chance to explain what that discovery phase actually does entail. Without them just looking at discovery phase and putting a sub, oh hell yeah, subtotal price point yeah. to it, they they're hearing from you live on yeah. the on right then and there what what exactly that air that area includes, um, yeah. Then they're not feeling like you're nickeling you know nickeling and diming for every little thing, and you're encompassing a a, a number of areas that you put into practice, and no. I even say say after the overview of these of these prices that it's still not set in stone. We may need to revisit this. We may see that yeah. the, the project in each phase takes a little bit of a different turn, and that's totally yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, 
That way yeah. it's commuted and documented that you're not it's you're not just presenting this flat rate and that's that's it. Yeah, yeah. it's and, true. And I think that's smart. And then it goes to having that kind of followed up or backed up in your agreement uh, with something in there that says if it goes off of the original scope, you know, obviously the pricing will be re- will be reconsidered. You know, so like you're you're in sync in so many different ways there. Right. You know, so this yeah. is all in all this this whole t- subtopic here is is a way for you to for you to completely be justified with all of your itemized areas of the project altogether. Yeah. It's legitimate. You're not so just pulling you, this out. Were, were you saying uh, you prefer when you are at that point to share the pricing with them? You like to do it with them at least uh, somewhat on Skype or something so you can walk them through it? Is that more yeah. what you're saying? Yes, that's great. Yeah. Um, but oftentimes what happens is that we're on the phone and I send them for uh, the first good. time while we're on the line, the PDF with great. with the estimate. And while they're looking at it for the first time, I'm pinpointing each subtotal and the reasoning behind it because people don't great. read a lot of this stuff. You have to assume I that. Know. I know. You have to assume even that. Even though it's there. Even, even though, though it's, it's all there. there. Yeah. I, I do love that like, you know, one of my favorite things to do is pull up a previous proposal and, you know, you have the model, obviously, like we've talked about in the past that you can kind of keep reusing or whatever, but it's so nice that every time I think we get back into pricing, I'm finding another little thing to add to make it just more robust, you know, and it yeah. makes you feel like you, you really are covering everything that they need because you are, one, you for listened sure. to, you've been doing this for a long time, so you've already been through that process. But with every one, you get a little new, like, nuance. Like, oh, there's sure. this that we can start thinking about, you know, or maybe it was just something specific that's custom to them. But yeah. you're totally right. I, I, I think I'm going to start, I don't do that as much as I should by being with them to talk it through. But I think no, that's a very I smart thing No, I think that's good do. honesty. That I'm being reminded of all the areas that I need to put back into practice with this topic that we're, we're covering today myself for sure. Yeah. 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 That's so it's cool. good to kind of keep current that. with it. But like the mm-hmm. other thing yeah. too, about this whole, this whole topic of price and kind of quoting it out based on this conversation is, you know, just basically anchoring it to the goals that you talked about, because then, cause here's what I get so much on the, these kind of calls. They'll kind of tell me, so I think I need 10 pages. I need WordPress. How much for that? I'm like, well, that's not mm-hmm. really how I bid these things out because that doesn't mm-hmm. define price. Yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, it could be I ten pages, it. but the the point is, I need to know your goals so I can tell you what. Because I don't want you to tell me how many pages you need. Like, that's not right. like how do you yeah. know? Unless you work in this, you're just field controlling and, price, right? That's all so, they're trying to do. Yeah, and there, and I think what happens, I think, is a lot of these people when they're going to hire a designer or a web designer, they look at these blog posts that say five questions you have to ask your WordPress developer. So they start asking those really like <laughs> low value questions, right? Like, so <laughs> how much for a blog and mm-hmm. do you use WordPress and why? Like, yeah. These aren't really the questions. These are the the technical questions that aren't really yeah. getting to the the heart of what you need, right? So has, has, any, has anyone ever been that kind of... Um, let's say unstrategic, just being price conscious and have they switched their mind by you telling them, no, 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 no. It goes back to exactly what you said. What, what are the, what, what are the results you want out of this? 
Like, have you, have you turned those over to people or do you find more, more or less they, they are just thinking price? Yeah. Well, it's not even necessarily price. A lot of people are just, they've never done it before. They've never they've hired never, it yeah. before. Yeah. They're so they've just got this, yeah. yeah, they've got this weird list of questions and, or some of the, where I have the biggest problem is when, like you mentioned before, sometimes you get an alpha person yeah. who wants to control the conversation no matter what. Oh yeah. Um, and then Ooh, they, yeah. even I could, I've had conversations where I tell them all about like how we do things strategically. We figure out what you need and then we kind of come up with the best solution to get you there. And like, uh-huh, but WordPress, like they, they just, they won't leave the, yeah. like the really techie questions at the door. You know, they, they kind of feel like they need to, to steer the boat in that way. Yep. So yeah, yeah, there you go. That's it's true. all different personalities, and mm-hmm. sometimes those people are the ones who I choose not to want to work with because I just yeah. feel like everything will be second guessed. Yeah, you know. Yep. Yeah, which is not really that's where true. I where I want to be <laughs> at this point. So, no, yeah, because I don't. That's I don't. I'm, I was more curious because I don't run into that too much because uh, projects are not truly based on like let's say maybe something as easy as what the, a client can say like. I, I 10 pages max, like on a website, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where it's right. And I, I think you, you have a good answer by saying, no, 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 it's not about that. It's about, let me evaluate what you need and what the results are supposed to be. And then yeah. we'll work on it, on the process, you know, and I'll, I will let, you know, so that, that's a good, that's definitely a good tip for anyone that's being trying to be controlled more by something that I really feel does not warrant the price in any way. Yeah, just think about what those low-value questions are that you get asked. Mm-hmm. And when you get asked those questions, try to steer the conversation in a more productive direction. You yeah, know? there you go. Um, yeah. I, I used to really just, I used to cater an answer to those questions, but now I will say something like, of course, WordPress is the standard, but what I really want to focus on here is what you need out of your site and what the goals are so that we can mm-hmm. we can figure out you know, what the best course of action is for you rather than just focusing on the the technical aspects because trust us we got that that's fine yep. it's just yep. but that's but also everybody else can do that too what we bring to the table is this strategic set of principles that that guide the process yeah, I like you it. know so okay. it's about steering the conversation in a more productive way the entire so, the entire meeting yes yeah so brings me to the next thing which is so the next big point here is getting out of justification mode and into value <laughs> adding mode. So what can happen a lot on these calls is, you know, you, you bring up the price and then you you start kind of justifying the price and you kind yeah. of start saying, well, but here's what you get with that. You get this and this and this. And it kind of almost sounds like a desperation. <laughs> you know, I think we've yeah. all yeah. probably done this at some point, right? I know I have. Yeah, yeah. Right? I can't say I've done it kind of, recently, but you're you you still no, have it, it in recently. you. Yeah, you still, but you still have it in you to like want to fight for it, and then you're like, I get it. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, particularly when they when you can tell they're not happy with the price. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and uh, what I like to do is just because so, when you start justifying the 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 price and your value, you start just sounding like a salesman, and that's generally when you lose the sale right away. Yeah. So yeah. rather than justifying the prices, just talk about what you're going to be doing to help them reach their goals in a very, you know, calculated way, not 
so well, but but you get you get three revisions, you get five pages. Like you know, there's a way to kind of sound like you're just trying to chase the sale versus telling them what you're going to do and how this is going to be the best course of action to get them from where they are now to where they want to yeah. be. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, so do you like, would you try to t- tell more about the benefit rather than the feature? Oh, absolutely. In that stage? That's, yeah, I think exactly. that's really, that's a great way of putting it. I think that's what I'm trying to say here. Um, yeah. Yeah. When people start talking about the features, that's when you need to steer them toward the more productive conversation of the benefits. So yeah. again, yeah, the, I'm not selling you 10 pages on WordPress. You know, yeah. that's who cares about that. What I'm selling you is a valuable sales tool that people can come and it'll give them all the information they need in the exact right order to make them feel comfortable enough to contact you and take that next step. Because that's Perfect. what your goal is. You need to get more more customers in the door. And this structure that I'm proposing for you in a website, um, that's what that's meant to do. So we've already yep. gone from meats and potatoes to like an actual, you know, that analogy got away from me. But you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I'm trying to come up with another food thing to say there, but yeah, <laughs> get the idea. But got it. the thing about this is, though, and this is the tricky part, you need to actually believe in the value that your service brings if you're going to do this, right? Yeah. Like Yeah, you can't just talk like you're you're pulling this out of your ass, it's going to show. Right. And trouble. if you think it's one of those fundamental predicaments about talking about money with your clients, right? The way I always look at it is if when I get clients who when we write the copy, they're or whatever we do on the website, they're like it seems like it's pushing too hard if we're always mm-hmm. talking about this. And I'm like, "Well, Think about it this way. If you really believe in what you're selling, that should mean you owe it to them to make it easy for them to get it. I always equate this with like a, if you had a cure for some horrible disease, would you mm-hmm. be like, would you be out there shouting it from the rooftops that you've got this cure? Or would you be like, well, I, I guess you can, I have this cure if you want it. I don't know. Like, it's not that yeah, good. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't want to talk yeah. about how much it costs, you know, no, like if you, if you've got something that you believe in and I hope that we all do, yeah. then you need to let them know what it takes to get it. Right. Yeah. I love that way to say it because you're right. It's like, I, and I think you can all, we can all pull up maybe a client or two that had gone somewhere cheaper, not as streamlined, not as strategic and maybe got something bad. And obviously then they go looking for someone else. So it's like that kind of thing is good. I try to keep that in the back of my mind when I'm trying that, when I'm in that persuasion mode, like you said, you're not being the salesperson. You're just letting the benefit of what you do speak more than the list of services. And I'm finding that to be uh, a, like, it's, it's interesting. I, maybe it's a hard thing to, for us. It's not, we feel like we're bragging or something, but I, I love I love testing that because it we're s- slowly getting better and better with it without being too brash. I think you know. Yeah. I don't know. It's and, just but, it's, a, more, it's a less it's a lesson. Yeah, and the more confidence you deliver it with, the more mm-hmm. they do feel like you got this kind of thing. Versus, would you mind? You know, could I please get the sale kind of thing to like? Mm-hmm. No, you need this, and here's I, I, we can do so much good for you and your company. Um, yeah. Here's what it's gonna take. Would you like to yeah. move forward? How does it sound? Yeah. 
which is oh, brings I me get... to my last thing here, which is yeah, what you never want to do, and it took me a while to kind of get over this one. You basically want to end every one of these calls with some kind of a commitment from them, mm-hmm. even if that's a no, you know. So, but the caveat being, I get on some of these calls where I know I don't want to work with them at this mm-hmm. point. So then mm-hmm. I might either say, you know, we're kind of busy right now, um, but I can, we can touch base in the future, or mm-hmm. I can just kind of maybe say something softer and knowing it'll kind of go away. Yeah. But if you want to work with them, if you feel like it's a good fit for you and they would, and the opposite, um, you want to really push for that at the end. Just say, so does that sound good? Would you like to get them on the calendar for a kickoff meeting? Right. Follow that kind of thing. Yep. yep. Um, because if you, whenever you say like, whenever you hang up the phone with someone with a, hey, let's, let's touch base next week. Let's mm-hmm. see how we're feeling. Forget about it. Yeah. <laughs> you know. That's so true. That's so, so true. How, how are you, you guys, guys with that? Do you guys tend to try to push for that commitment on this call or do you kind of go the, the other way with it usually? I always sound forgiving with this stuff. You know, take the weekend you know, give it some, let's have another follow-up yeah. if you're not feeling sure right now. I, yeah. I, I, tr- I try to, um, I, I, I admit I'm a little forceful with this part. You know, let's get, a, let's get another, another call on in the books. Yeah. So there's a lot yeah. to think about here. This is a lot, oh you know, God. let's regroup. Yeah. For me, yeah. there's so many, var- there's so many variables involved on how I respond because I want to say I'm that proactive and like, yeah, let's talk about the next steps or where's the, let's set up a kickoff meeting. I'd say sometimes they're, they're in such a rush. For some reason, I just attract people that need things tomorrow, (laughs) (laughs) but they're in such a rush. And maybe we've gotten to a good point that they're like, they're the ones almost saying, well, when can we meet or what's the next steps? And I love that. That gets me past Mm -hmm. that hurdle without even worrying about it. Then there's those times where I'm like, I got nine other projects I'm, I'm working on. I don't even know if I could take it on right now. So then I'm in that zone of like, I still don't want to lose this, but like, then I can, I ask them a little bit more about timeline and maybe that could help us understand what the next meeting is going to be, you know? Yeah. Um, And then there's those times where, like you said earlier, Wes, like you just know it's not good and you find, and it's almost like maybe you just chalk that up for a wasted call. I don't know, you know? Tough. Yeah. I, I want I want to be more on that proactive side of like you said, but luckily I just think most of them have been in that zone where they're ready to roll and, and hopefully we've done our job. Yeah, it's yeah. a good place to be in. And I like I your know. tactic too, Mikhail, about so even if you're not trying to push for that uh, kickoff call or the, them signing an agreement, it's at least if you need to think about it, great. Let's uh, – how's your next uh, Tuesday looking to there kind of go. jump on another call? You know, bring it up like that to where it's, we mm-hmm. at least have another scheduled interaction coming up. Yep. And then you can make a note and just be like, you know, let them know late Monday, early Tuesday, you know, can we set up a call? Like you can give them that time to think. Uh, that's a default for me too. <laughs> I always do that. Take a moment. Like, cause I want a moment too. <laughs> right. Yeah. It can yeah and if you need the moment, then yeah, take sides. it for sure. Yeah. yeah. Or if you've done a few in a, you know, let's face it, if you're, if you're a little slow in work and you're putting out a lot of feelers, maybe you're dealing with two or three discovery clients 
uh, the same week. So you're right. Like I, I, at certain points I'm like, I don't want this to start tomorrow, <laughs> you know, like yep. to have the weekend. Cause I need it too. It's like you're <laughs> sure. waiting tables and the hostess like puts everybody yeah. in your section at the same time. Yes, totally. Totally. Let's spa- space right. out a bit. All right, cool. Yeah. So, um, we've got a listener question and audio one coming up, but before we get there, let's talk fresh books. How do you get, yeah. how much do you guys love fresh books? Scale of one to 10. Let's take a poll. Uh, oh God. 14 this week. Yeah. It, I it's love been so good with me. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. everything. Every, oh no. And I'm finally, I can finally say I agree with the statistic that people pay faster on fresh books because it's starting to happen. It's nice. starting to happen. <laughs> it's been great. It's, it took a little while, but no, I think it's just a matter of like having so many options for your client to pay you has made all the difference in the world in yeah. my, the speed of being paid. Yeah, good. Yeah. I, they make I it super it. versatile. Yeah, man. And they offered another one. I just got a I got something in the mail from them yesterday that they're offering a whole other new uh, way of direct payment um, with lesser fees. So I'm looking Ooh. I got to look into that today. Oh, I need to look anyways. into that. Yeah, yeah. I'm interested yeah. in that. Mhm. Nice. Love fresh books. And uh, basically, they make it so easy for us as creatives to just create these really nice looking invoices that are branded, make us look like the professional uh, Mm -hmm. creative people that we are. So, yeah. And they take all that, like, the tedious, the tedium out of it, you know, make so we can just (laughs) do what we do, which is not send invoices. So they've got all these bells and whistles. They got the automated late payment reminders. So you never have to deal with it. You know, if someone doesn't pay on time. They send an email in the background getting them to pay. So you don't have to be the bad guy, which is awesome. Yeah. And their app is great, too. You can take pictures of all your yes. receipts so yes. that at tax time, it's I all ready to go. For just and their support. Tracking hours. Class. What's that, Nicole? Yeah. Oh, I love using their app for just tracking hours when I, for, I need to leave the station and I'm out and about. And I just so it doesn't – I don't forget. I love tracking mm-hmm. hours yeah. in that. Yeah. It's a good thing. So we've worked out a deal with them for 30 days of unrestricted free trial. God, you're going to love it. You're never going to go back. So just go to freshbooks.com slash deeply graphic and enter deeply graphic design. And then how did you hear about a section? Again, freshbooks.com slash deeply graphic and enter deeply graphic design in the how did you hear about a section? All right. So we have got an audio listener question and I'm trying to find... Who it was from? It's from Rana. Rana you get the right. Rana Crow sent it in. So let's go ahead and take a listen. Hey y'all, I'm looking to hire some contract labor uh, to do some projects for me. My question is, where did you go to find the contract workers that you currently work with? Awesome. All right. Well, thank you, Rana. Rana Crow. I love that name. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, it's a good name. And thanks for the audio question. We always love those too. I would say for me, uh, I've had kind of hits and misses when it comes to looking. Some of the good things that have happened is, I'd say if it's something very specific, if it's a if it's a skill set that I'm looking for that I don't have, uh, one area I have found is looking on Behance and finding specifically a a, a a particular like if it's a illustration that is so unique and you've talked to the client about, and you're looking for someone that has a specific vibe, not only can you find it there, but I think being that it's projects first on Behance, you can find the person that has the talent you're looking for. Then you can look at their website. Then you can, you can search by 
you know, location if they need to be local. Doesn't have to be right. You know, we I've worked virtually with some people too. Yeah. But I love the idea that um, you can find them on that, and then if their their website and their collateral and everything kind of feel professional as well, then I have that good vibe that like, oh, this might be a good person to at least um, reach out to and see if they're available. Um, the other ways, I, I obviously too, I I use LinkedIn a lot. I will put something out there specifically to my network and say looking for someone. Uh, that can illustrate uh, in this style and maybe even show a few examples and be like anyone in my network know of someone local would love the referral. You know, that's an, one way to do it. And then you can also look at local things. I know like here in LA and I think it's in almost every major city, but we have things like Creative Circle and a lot of these agencies mm-hmm. that can help you track and find that person. They're going to make a cut off of the, of the whatever the person's getting paid. So mm-hmm. there's nothing really out of your pocket. But what, I, uh, what I've used in the past is when I needed a very technical drawing, like a very computerized graphic, infographic thing. Uh, I gave them a few examples, and within two or three hours, they found someone that was very reputable they've used before. So I think there's, there's okay. a few different ways for me. Um, I don't know. And, and obviously, you know, just your network as well I think is a big one. I'd rather it come through a referral, um, but I've had great luck in Behance, uh, LinkedIn, and some other things. Cool. So yeah. with Creative Circle, Nick, I would have thought that's mm-hmm. more for like larger companies. Like whenever I've done work no. for those kind of places, it's always I feel like it's always they send you to like Microsoft or someplace. Oh like, gosh, no. I mean no, there's no. there's opportunities like the the That's I, good I ha- clarification for sure. Exactly. Yeah. I you you do not have to be that big. I've I I had them looking for it was just one illustration. It had a pretty good budget that we were doing with the client, but when I called them, I mean they were like it was like they just sent an army out to find it, which was awesome. Wow. And and I got like three or four emails before I even was home that had uh, uh, works like samples and things like that. Uh, what it what was there was one maybe one of the four was a good match, but the I, I think it was just a matter of I had another person looking for me just via LinkedIn, and I even reached out to one person that I had found just looking at their Behance, and we wound up going with that person, but. Those agencies will okay. help you even if you're a small, small team. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Do you mind the question? You feel free to not answer mm-hmm. it if you don't want to. Yeah. What was the budget for that particular project? I just want to know what it's like. We had, we had about eight grand. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it was so a, I, but it was an intensive, it was an intensive uh, 3D illustration thing. It was very, I, I knew that's, we got it for around that same price, but um, I don't know. I don't think. But, you know, I, obviously I don't think you can go in there and be like, I got $400. I, I right. don't know what the threshold is. I think yeah, you're, yeah. you're right in saying it might have something to do with that. But it, we, were, we were pretty good. And they, you know, then they call me all the time kind of going, do you need anybody? Yeah, so sometimes I, that gets annoying, I have to be honest. It like, is. I, it is. And, but I keep, a con- I, I keep a connection with them for another reason. It's because of when my students are done with school and they sign up with Creative Circle – I give them I, – I, I love to give them the referrals, and sometimes I'm like the only referral they have because they haven't had a job yet. So it helps them in getting landed by Creative Circle as well. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. I yeah. wouldn't have thought yeah. of that. Yeah. Yeah, Mikkel, what do you, what do you, what what's you got, Mikkel? Spill. I love sharing secrets. <laughs> on <our show. laughs> um, Nick stole some of mine too, which isn't I'm, – I'm, a total steal. Those are all really good recommendations. Um, don't shy away from using LinkedIn. Um, networking for this stuff is huge. 
Um, and then I will always, I, I have collaborated with so many people supporting other agencies and businesses in the past. I don't ever right. lose touch with those individuals. And I always ask if they're available because the foundation's already been made. I've already worked yeah. with them. I know their yeah. skill set. I know what they can do. So um, that's a that's a really good one. And then um, I, it's been a really long time since I've done this, but it might be worth mentioning. Um, you guys have heard of s- sites like Thumbtack and those yep. sorts. Um, years ago, I reached out for um, junior support um, and, de- and or dev support or email marketing support, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I've been able to in, you put input your zip code. And oftentimes you're connected with those in your area, which supporting those that are local is a big deal to me. But, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, all in all, it's just great that they a great a great way to connect with those that you otherwise you know aren't connected with through social media yeah. channels or other otherwise. Um, so that's, that's cool. been useful as well. But the big one for me is the very first one that I've mentioned. I've been lucky enough to collaborate with so many people in the past um, on site for jobs and um, supporting the other businesses virtually alongside yeah. others, other individuals like myself that cranked out material. So I just stay in touch with them. And I ask for re- – if they can't assist, I ask them for recommendations because there's a connection already there. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you're building up your your arsenal <laughs> just just naturally. You know, you have someone to go to almost like just with with a call. That's great. Yeah, and yeah. even if I try to track if it's been a long time since there's been any engagement, and just send out any type of communication to just shoot the shit so that there's communication doesn't become lost, and then all of a sudden a year goes by and they're hearing from me going, "What the hell?" You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's good to put in practice with potential clients and those that you collaborate with potentially. There's yeah. no harm in doing that altogether. And that's the yeah. whole that's one of the best advantages of uh LinkedIn alone is just sending a quick note to someone keeping those conversations yes. alive if there's nothing nothing you need to contact with them with <clears throat> put something out there real quick. Hey, how's it going? You know, yes. keep that thing alive so when you do have to call it's not like, you know, dust off the cobwebs. Right. <laughs> right. Like, hey, hasn't haven't talked to you in years. Yeah. I need something. <laughs> exactly. That's always a little bit of a turnoff. Do you agree? Yeah. I mean Oh. I think so. When I used to be a headshot yeah. photographer, I had a I had this girlfriend, a girl who's who like I would never hear from her except every two years she needed headshots. And she would do a really of like really half ass like, Hey, I miss you. How's it going? By the way, I think I could use it. Like, it's like, all right, like, not even a good attempt. Yep. <laughs> don't even try anymore. Yeah, don't. Your games don't work on me. But yeah. um, any any tips from you? Yeah, I mean, this got? one's probably not going to be a huge surprise. It's what it's for. I use Upwork all the time. So Upwork, um, yeah, that's a good yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not so much. I haven't used it so much for like creative, <clears throat> like design stuff. Um, I don't do a lot of outsourcing of that. When I do, I kind of know who I'm using already. But um, what I need, just like something kind of random. Upwork is amazing. Like I That's have a great. girl who uh, a good edited all my course videos and now she edits all my YouTube videos. Um, I found copywriters there. Um, pretty much anything you need is there. You just need to really look at the reviews. 
and kind of read the reviews and make sure they're legit. Because I get the feeling yeah. sometimes some people's profiles may be a little padded. So just do a little bit yeah. of digging and make yeah. sure. Oh, and what I would recommend too, get whenever you're going to hire a contractor from Upwork or anywhere really, put together your top three or four choices and do a video like a Skype interview with all of them. And just see who you oh, good call. kind of good call. like and would like to yep. work with. And that it tells you For a lot. For sure. For sure. Yeah. That's a really and, good and point. Be, and be honest with what the, what the uh, expectations are going to be. Because I think just like everything we just talked about right now, you're going to want to see that person have confidence and be answering the questions you're giving. Because you're bringing them into a potential job that you're overseeing. You know? Exactly. Because yeah. I, like I like to know that I can speak with the people who are working under me. Like I don't like to have to do everything with yeah. email. I like sometimes just to be able to, to know that they're there and we can chat if we need to and all that kind of stuff. So I think it's a big, yeah. yeah. That's <clears throat> Perfect. Great. All right, cool. Well, thanks for sending that in Rana. And we love getting those audio listener questions or mm-hmm. any old listener question. You can just type it too. So send them all to questions at the deep end And, uh, anything else you guys got before we wrap up? I think that's it. Good All right. Well, with that in mind, keep designing and catch us next time on the Deeply Graphic Design Cast. 